Have you ever wondered why veterans struggle so much getting back into civilian right? Whether or not you are a veteran, Fight by Betsy Ross is a short book series that has an emotional intense story arc to help spread awareness of those struggles veterans face coming out of the force. Check out the series and more of the fight mission at worldwideweb.fightbetsyross.com. Her latest release, Fight 4, is available now. Just Joshing is turning 1,000, and what is next in store for the show? The truth is, it's already happening. I've been recording shows since the start of the year in preparation of me going on the road. You can watch and listen to them now. They are available on my Patreon channel for the price of $5 US. Not only will you get to see these shows months in advance, but you can also help me when I take this show on the road. Click on the Patreon link for more details. I got it. 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 One second here. Alright, we're gonna do this. And there we go. I think we're on the air. I think so. It says it says we're live. Meeting is now streaming live on Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, Yay. welcome to episode 993 of Just Joshing. I'm almost at a thousand. Can you believe it? I can't. Yeah. I'm with Brandy June and her parakeet. Yes, this is Puck. Oh, oh hold on a second here. I got I got I got I gotta mute my the only thing about the only problem with Zoom. This is the only the only problem we have with Zoom. <laughs> the only problem. No, well, no, no. For for this particular kind of conversation, not 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 my issues with Zoom altogether, because I'm I'm on, I'm in Zoom, so I'm being a hip, I'd be a hypocritic asshole right this very minute. But um, it it's the when it goes to Twitch, like Zoom and Twitch are not designed to play well together. Restream, oh, they're not designed to play well together initially. It used to be a bitch to actually put it on Twitch through Zoom. It could be oh. done. But it, yeah, you'd think you'd want to streamline that. Yeah, well, they did. They did streamline it a little bit, but there's still a few little bugs. It, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, it's like a big brother and like a brother that's like six or seven years younger, <laughs> right? They they don't naturally get along because there's just too much of a gap in age. At least at the younger age, as they get a little older and wiser together, there's a little oh bit yeah. We talk about, but there's still those little bits of difference, right? That five years difference doesn't mean nearly as much in your thirties as it does in your teens. No, I mean it means it means absolutely nothing. Once and I'm forties, but it means even less at that at this particular point in the ball game. It's like, really, all I care about are you an adult that can think for yourself? I really don't care how old you are. So that's just that that's just me, right? So. But but I say it like that. So as we start here, we were actually talking about rights and how complex they are becoming. Yes. Right. How complex they are becoming in this industry. And I'm not going to talk about my. I just came from a writing conference. We're having some good news. And and so I'll tell you where this kind of like when I was in San Diego with you with you and I met you. Mm -hmm. I ended up I ended up getting drunk. I did. I, I sound like an <laughs> alcoholic, but I'm really not. This is just been too you sound fun. like a writer. I mean, um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I do. But this wasn't like I, this is I normally when I'm not I, I don't I, like like this. This is as addicting as it gets. It's it's coffee, right? But but a buddy of mine was in a buddy of mine was in San Diego, right? Like, like, he's a, he's a, he's a decent friend of mine. I met him in Ottawa when I did a convention there. You get and all over the place. I love it. I, I, I yeah, no, I know. I love I love traveling. It's 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 a big part of um, I, I didn't travel. I, I traveled more during the COVID era than I think more, more people did. I moved a lot during the COVID era. But the thing about but but the thing is, like traveling in general was such a pain in the ass that I it wasn't 
regardless of whatever my proclivities were, it wasn't worth it. It just I'm wasn't worth not getting back into my, travel. Yeah. But now that now that it's by and large uh, done ish mm -hmm. shrug. Done ish shrug. I just I just think we just don't give a shit anymore. Like that's just my honest I, opinion. I, I feel at this point I've 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 done all the vaccines and we'll continue to do whatever vaccines are recommended and beyond that you just kind of gotta yeah I, I, i'm live, more live of life a, you know what at, at, at this point at this particular point in the ball game um I, if, it, if it's gonna kill me I'm, I'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna care i just i just i'm just at that point where it's like i'm gonna die of something and <laughs> well so I have this theory, like normally during like the, the pandemic was very traumatic for all of us yeah. for various reasons, right? But when when the trauma is done, so there's there's two things: fear dies, a fear-based move, like any kind of like emotional like based movement, fades after two years. You just become more immune to the yeah, the, the and I get used to you, is, what the situation is. It, it's not even just to get used to; you just get tired. Like there just comes a point where you just you're like from a I'm yeah, not, I feel that. Yeah, you get tired, and you're just like, I don't want to do this. So we're past, we're long past into the, I don't give a shit phase anymore. But what happens is after PTSD, like a major PTSD event like that, so the audience goes kind of into three groups. There's ten percent that keep the hold on to the trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and, and and I know that medically there's different reasons why people wear masks, but some people are also wearing masks because it still makes them feel comfortable among other th like there's still that element to it so they're in that 10 percent 80 percent go back to normal whatever that was prior to it and then there's mm -hmm. the other 10 percent that get bolder i'm probably in that 10 percent. in that 10 percent yeah because it, it's just like i'm still here i have no guarantees for tomorrow fuck it and that's just pretty much that yeah i mean i i think maybe i'm a little lower than that more in the like the, the, the 80, i'm trying to take no, 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 the reasonable precautions yeah but beyond yeah. that living life <laughs> look, 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 look i i i'm more hey, listen i again i am in an intense i don't there's not much in this world that like i have fears but there's really not that much that scares me i'm very i am not afraid to go into the unknown i'm just I just it's just an, i'm just wired that way I don't expect everybody else to be wired, <laughs> to be wired that way. <laughs> Everyone else. So you're not, you're not the, uh, um, was it the, uh, you're not the lemming leading everyone off the cliff. No, I'm not. From the movie. The no, no, no. I, I'm more, the, I'm more the lemming watching everybody go one way. I'm going to go the other. Oh, okay. Like, right. I'm more, I, I'm more. You're like that way doesn't look so great. No, no. And, but, uh, but I'm going to do it my way. Now that doesn't necessarily mean my way is the best way all the time. Right. It just means this is what makes sense to me. Right. And that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes yeah. I'm I feel right, like most sometimes. of us are doing the best we can. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I just tend to be a little bit more of that. Um, the, 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 the fruit from the farthest branch of the best fruit. I tend to want to go for all those farthest branches. I mean, I think I'm more inclined to be a gambler mm -hmm. right, than, than say someone that's a lot of people. I'm not, again, this is not a knock yeah. to anybody. It's just this is just who I am. So it's different personalities. I'm I'm less of a gambler because I want to make sure I get like full value for my money. No, I got I got I got you. And and for me, it's like sometimes I'm going to strike mm -hmm. out and sometimes I'm really going to hit. And 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 more often than not, it balances out. But it like that's that. But I have 
more super super highs and then low and then lows right it, it's just and again you have to accept mm -hmm. you have to accept like every no matter what mindset or personality you have there's great things about it there's bad things about it but it's about what you can live with right yeah i'm currently drafting a manuscript that deals a lot with mental health but in a fantasy setting yeah. And so it's interesting to, you know, kind of, kind of explore, you know, a lot of things that until recently have been, you know, much more stigmatized. I, so I, I, I'm kind of, so I'm kind of, how do I put this? No, I definitely think mental health is a big thing. Um, I, I, I do have a kind of a hard and fast rule. Maybe it's not completely fair. If you have mental health issues and I'm working with you, please tell me beforehand. It's oh, well, you didn't easier. ask. Yeah, no, I do. Sometimes I do, but sometimes ah. I just, just please, like, if you, if you have something, because if something happens and you tell me afterwards, right, it doesn't, mm -hmm. I'm much more forgiving up front than I am behind. It's just, that's just the right, right, because. Well, then you have to build up all the trust up front, too, because, you know, somebody's dealt with mental health issues, there can be a lot of stigma, so you need to feel safe to. Tell that person first, because I've, you know, I spent decades trying to just hide everything. Yeah, I, I just rather know what I'm getting into up front because it, mm -hmm. it just that way, that way it's just like, and, and this is just again personality, it's personality, right thing. It because it for me, for me, I could say like my least favorite habit that sometimes people do is ghosting. They could just ghost you, right? Now, if I know yeah. you have anxiety up front, like some kind of anxiety up front, mm -hmm. eventually my empathy will go to zero. Eventually, if you do it enough times, but every once in a while, I'll understand. Like that's an anxiety issue, right? But if you just ghost me mm -hmm. and you ghost me and you ghost me, and then you tell me way after the fact that you have anxiety, there's gonna be a little part of me that's wondering, do you have it? You know, right, right? Or because mm -hmm. I'm the one still getting ghosted at the end of the day, right? So, right, and and that's and that's the, that's the thing. Like, but I do think like here's what I think. Like people, people know what their issues are. It's so, and all of us have vulnerabilities. I'm just gonna say it like that. We all have mm -hmm. our vulnerabilities, and we have to be honest with what they are. And we have to, and it's okay. There are there are. People do great things, no matter what they may or may not have to deal with. In fact, sometimes mm -hmm. it's even more admirable because of what you've dealt with. Yeah, I think communication is definitely has been key that I've found too with you know my relationships of yeah you know both both with the issues I have as well as those that the people I'm I'm close to have and yeah. being able to communicate who needs what when. Uh, has been very helpful. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, that like, again, this might be just again. I'm just saying this might be just me, but that's the other thing. Like I said, I just yeah, I'm I'm very much I'm very much um, time conscious, right? That's just that's just how I see it. Mm -hmm. but tell me, it's like cool, we'll figure it out, right? That's that's just me, right? So you're anyway. Anyway, no, let's see, San Diego, drinking San Diego, with, drinking with an drinking with an author buddy. Rights. All right, author with buddy. Publishing and, rights. <laughs> yeah, it's been publishing rights. And so anyway, I meet their agent as well. Just, mm -hmm. just me. I, I wasn't trying. Like, 
I learned I've learned this. I get more just by being someone's. I don't if you, if you go in there being just talk a human being, you get a lot more out out of it. Mm-hmm. I was listening to both of them talk, and one of the things they were and one of the things the agent was looking at was Kickstarter. Mm, really? Tommy, he, it's oh no no it's again no names mentioned nothing 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 like I'm not gonna go into great details but but. And I had this, and I got this feeling too, because I, t- I attended the YA, like, well, I'm a big YA guy. I love YA. Same. That's it, my, my debut novel is YA. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I love YA. But I was watching the YA panel with Victoria Aveyard. I, I, I like, like, there were some of the writers up there. Mm-hmm. But it, I also, but I kind of got this weird little feeling, and this is just maybe, and maybe, like, when I was watching this, there was, like, an epiphany, kind of watching this. Because I also went to the Kickstarter panel too and was watching what they were doing, and it was just like, I think, I think there might be a bit of a blockbuster video stick thing happening here. I could be wrong, right? But I right because I, I because one of the things I'm realizing, like as I get older slash wiser slash something, we'll say something. Well, older like older slash wiser slash something. I like that, that's uh, a good yeah. mix. Yeah, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Um. Publishing is becoming a lot more um, inclusive in the sense that you need more people to be involved in seeing a project reach the door. And I think that's really, I think, and I'm looking at like, and I think that's one of the big effects Kickstarter has had on it. So I'm looking at that and going, okay, well, that is the ultimate platform to reach a very specific kind of audience. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific kind of audience, but it's a very big part of the audience in publishing right now, whether people realize it or not. So interesting. Yeah. Well, okay, in comics, it's probably, like, undoubtedly, it is the biggest publisher. Oh, I just, uh, I just pledged to the, um, let's see, I saw Boom Studios doing a Labyrinth graphic novel, and I saw... I don't know. It might have been Boom. Another one's doing Good Omens graphic novel, and like yeah, immediately I, I was I, in. I, I, it, it is killing me because I can't back the Good Omens. I'm a big Colleen Duran fan. I love her work. She's doing Good Omens, and it's killing me a little inside that I can't back it. Oh. I can't. I just came back from San Diego, and I didn't. Oh, that's travel. right. You've been doing all this travel, and yeah. So I have. So this. So so I've done mm-hmm. the fun. I have to pay the price a little bit right now. Also, I'm in Canada, so you're laughing at my money. I'm laughing at my money. Coming <laughs> from two different points of view. Well, seriously, you, are... you should have backed the Good Omens graphic novel while you were in the U.S. Clearly, so then you could have used U.S. dollars. No. <laughs> I wish. That's not how it works. <laughs> I wish that was how it worked. They said you laughed. You laughed. You you, you laughed at my money situation slightly out of pity. And I laugh slightly out of despair because my money is oh. that terrible. See, I, 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 um, my, I was supporting my husband for the better part of almost 15 years because he had a lot of um, brain trauma from rugby. And so recently Ooh. we found a new medication that actually helps. And he now um, just, just this year got a job. And so I'm like, Rugby's oh my God. T- Rugby is a tough sport. Oh yeah, they they don't wear helmets and they get their brains bashed a lot. Oh, they might be the toughest athlete. Okay, so the only ath- there's only two athletes I would put in their weight class in terms of toughness overall: MMA mm-hmm. fighters 
He did some MMA too, actually. It's yeah, how MMA. he he busted out. He busted his knee doing that. Yeah, no MMA fighters. I have a buddy of mine. He does MMA. So, uh, like, he did MMA. He's actually trying to get into pro wrestling right now. He's just doing that. Right? No, like, dude, dude, no, the dude's a tough guy. Like, he's. I, he, I'm sure he is. I just, I have so much personal experience with the, uh, you know, sports related injuries and and. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's just like, <laughs> so I always like, cringe with all contact sports. Yeah, professional wrestling does have the advantage of the, you do have some some say. I mean, the yeah, it's not people. as intense as MMA, I would imagine, but it's still a lot of per, per a lot per, of stuff per per match. It's not right if you compare one to one. Mm -hmm. The big difference between MMA and pro wrestling is pro wrestlers often will do it several times in a week. That's a lot. And what I've um, discovered too, because we did, you know, we've done a lot of research into, you know, um, like concussions and sports related concussions is that it's also not just the big hits, you know, the big ones that knock you out and you're unconscious, but even just small ones, the fact that they're so repetitive it's does not, a lot of damage. George Foreman said it best. It's the hardest punches he ever took were the ones he never felt. He's right. Because that, mm -hmm. that, 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 that's because... And he knows, like, and, they, and and a fighter knows it. Like, I, 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 um, a fighter knows it. A rugby player knows it. But I didn't tell you who the who I considered the third, the other one. I was in that. Oh class. wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, ping pong player, competitive ping pong player. Bad at no ballet. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Ballet, hockey's hockey's up hockey's there too. Hockey's tough too, but yeah, yeah ballet. Yeah. Especially if you get if you get to the point where you're on point, that's yeah. hardcore. My um, um the, the, I l listen. I would rather I would rather fight um I rather fight a boxer than a ballerina. Right, I'd rather fight a boxer than a ballerina. But you always see like those those uh sports, those are sports movies. I don't know, maybe it was the Mighty Ducks. Whatever sports movies where the whole sports team then had to like take ballet to help them learn like yeah. balance and so forth. Well, no, it, they're just it, they're just it's it's incredible. Like it, like they left their whole body, some of them on their toes. Like seriously, mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of ballet and it's yeah, you, you, intense. You, think, you don't think it's tough until you really look at what they're doing and you're like, you know what else takes a lot of strength, um, and you have to withstand a lot of bruising. I uh, used to. I'd love to get back into it. I did a lot of aerial arts and pole dancing. Yeah. Um, I actually won a, a pole dance competition in the nice. entertainment category. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're the way that they, you know, the kind of flips and inversions and you're holding yourself up with like your skin and hope. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's... the most upper body strength I ever had was when I was, you know, in the middle of that. And yeah, unfortunately I have a shoulder injury, which makes it hard to get back in. But well, um, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are ways to work around those limitations too a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, I hope you get the chance, but yeah, yeah. like, 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 but like we're, we're as we deviating. We're, we'll try to <laughs> we are. So no, that's what the show does though. I mean, I don't know if you listen to it at all. If you have, I go all over the place. So, um, but what, what I, uh, what, what the thing is, right. I'm just like, publishing is becoming so much more about not a publishing house necessarily giving you buying your book and taking all the rights and taking care of you anymore right it's mm -hmm. about it, it, it it's about um okay 
what's as we mentioned very briefly what's the best fit for my book exactly right if you're a romance author i don't know if you ever want to go to a traditional publishing house it it, yeah i mean it depends what kind of romance and it also depends on how much marketing you're willing to do absolutely um and admittedly i you know my two books are traditionally published uh but i also did a lot of marketing work for them a, a lot of traditional published authors i know do a lot of marketing um when, oh, oh oh i i i realized like to me which the traditional like the big the big five especially are corporate most of those people that are there are executives and i'm talking even just people writing these books are executives lawyers people with a huge business background putting these books out there because it's a big it's a potentially big business but you gotta work work your ass off and a lot and mm -hmm. i think the reason why these big publishing houses are leaning towards those particular lines of work is because those authors understand the the real grind of i gotta be out there i gotta be impressionable i gotta be i gotta yeah i i have my mba in entertainment marketing mm -hmm. and that is that is you know what I do, a marketing director, you know, is my, my, what I do during the day. And a lot of that came in very handy when my books were going to come out. And even knowing all that, I still wanted to work with a publisher to have the extra support of, you know, them handling the distribution channels, them handling, you know, the art, the copy edits, the, the they did a bunch of stuff. I, I published with a, you know, an indie publisher that's newer but growing quite quickly um, and really enjoyed the process. But even, you know, even with all that they were doing, I was also reaching yeah. out. I was doing events. I was doing signings. I was posting socially, et cetera, et cetera. Do you, do you want to hear how I accidentally got traditionally published? Sure. <laughs> I accidentally wrote a book and accidentally got it published. What I mean by that, so this is back in 20, no, it sounds funny, but it's true. It does. There's so many people who are like, I've tried so hard. You're like, I fell into it. Kind of happened. No, no, I did. I did. I did. So I, I, I it was. Like you were getting rejected. I had to write multiple books. Yes, tell me I, how you I, accidentally I did it. Too, this, this, this was one of those, this is one of those life works out better than you could have hoped for kind of things. Mm -hmm. So I started, I want to get back and I wanted to do like, um, um, I did a poetry collection back in 2005, like way back, way back in the day. And I, uh, I went, this is when I was living in Phoenix and I was using it. I learned how to sell with that book actually, which is kind of cool. Right? That's so important. I, yeah, no, I, I so used that's to important Phoenix, skill. Yeah. Phoenix had an event called first Friday. So I'm going, I'm being put beside like rock concerts and people with like the most beautiful works of art you've ever seen. All I had was my big mouth. So I had to learn how to do it. Um, but, or else I never would have sold a thing. So what ended up happening was I wanted, so a few years passed, I had gone through some major upheavals. And I was like, I'm going to go back and so I'm, initially, like I did the first time, a small thing of poetry, but I want to write some longer poems. So I read this one about this uh, slave boy in a compound where his family is being slayed by dragons. He's looking on the horizon and wondering what's out there. And I'm like, I really like this. Where does this go? So he kills his dragon master in chapter two, right? What would become chapter two is like, and goes off into the wilderness. And then chapter three is dealing with his first night, dealing with the fact that he's killed something and he's alone. Then chapter four, then chapter three became chapter four, four, three. And I realized like this was my, 
This is a book. This is not this is just a, a poem. It, well, it is a poem, but it's also a book. Right. And so, so I end up going to I end up going to a comic shop, and this is this is one of those like like fate things. Someone I worked at a Kinko's with way back in my days in Calgary. First time I was in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Comics. They did a comic. And oh. And she's an amazing. For the record, and I've said this many, many times, folks, Forrest, Florence Chan is one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. I am grateful I had that chance. I hope I get to do something else with her someday. Um, she, she really just killed it. Um, I asked her to do some drawings, and she did the cover. Oh, fantastic. No, it was just, she was incredible. Anyway, my master plan, this was my master plan. Publish it on Smashwords, print copies out to sell for conventions. That was, that was my master plan. So is this so, a graphic novel in verse or was it, this? It, I would say, I would, that's, yes, but not like a comic, but, um, have you ever seen anything by James A. Owen? Where he no. has like written works, but he has illustrations here and there throughout the book. Okay. I, I've seen I, I, yeah, similar styles. Kind of, yeah. 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 So that, that, that's what I did here. Cool. Um, so anyway, I put it on Smashwords. Mm-hmm. Someone I, I have been interviewing people for over 20 years, right? I did for blog before the podcast, I did for blogs and other places. So one of the persons I interviewed bought it and she goes to me, I really like this. What are you going to do with it? I told, I told her what I told you. She goes to me, well, I just, I want, I'm starting a publishing house. I got to deal with Ingram Spark. I'll publish your book. Okay. That's, that, that, that's how it happened. Like, wow. What, so what publisher? Mirror World or- Publishing based out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. And the book is called very Culture. cool. Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, and it's poetry too, which is even which is even like like how do I put this? Which is even harder to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? so, so some people look at me. Some people are looking at me, going, "I hate you so much." Right? <laughs> just put that here. So, that. so the whole thing. So it's the whole thing in verse, then. Yeah, yeah, all of it. That's awesome. Yeah, so I did three books with that, like the, the, a trilogy with that, and then uh, I my current trilogy it was the same kind. Of, Similar style, different story. I mashed up Alice in Wonderland and Greek mythology. Ooh, I I love I love mythology and fairy tales and retellings. So I'll I'll give you so my this happened because I was asked to do uh this so again everything leads somewhere right these books so an, an editor a poetry editor liked them goes to me I want you, I'm doing a Lewis Carroll anthology I'm inviting you to submit to it okay nice so it's like what the do I say about Lewis Carroll that hasn't been said before? That night I go to a bar, and there's a girl with a gorgon tattoo. I, uh, she's really cute. I go to flirt and hit on her. She plays for the other team. We're actually friends. Like it, it didn't work out all bad, but mm-hmm. it just like, right, right. So plays for the right. So that happens. She's got Medusa. Like I can put Medusa into a Lewis Carroll story, couldn't I? And then I had an epiphany, and this was the epiphany. Alice and Pandora are the same story. Okay. Do you see it? Kinda. I could kind of see that. Pandora's curiosity leads her to open the box. Alice's mm-hmm. curiosity leads her, leads her down the rabbit hole. Oh, I like that. I like the right. I like it's the that's, mashup that's what they there. Have in common. It's the same story. Mm-hmm. So I'm I like that mashup. Yeah. So I mashed it. So I made Alice Pandora. She opens the box, but this time she gets the Cheshire Cat inside her head. Ooh. Nice. I actually, I'm working on a Wonderland, uh, a story set in Wonderland. It's something I'm been working cool. on, and there's so much 
yeah that, this, there's so this, much room to play there is there no there really really is but i figured for me the story i'm telling here is it's a journey of alice getting back out of the rabbit hole i think that's mm -hmm. much more interesting than right? falling because, into it but yeah because it, we, we all know that story i mean even carol as much as like like the, the, anyone's never read alice in wonderland like she doesn't really she she gets out kind of on her own limb but what if she had to fight her like make it like that's the greek tragedy thing comes yeah out. kind of more odysseus the yeah, journey yeah. home yeah so the first full book i had her play croquet against jason of the argonauts in the underworld, <laughs> in, the underworld. in the underworld okay yeah an abandoned greek underworld nice because, because jason is actually in my opinion a great villain Mm-hmm. yeah i can i definitely can see that yeah He's a great villain because really the only reason he's a hero is that he wins. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. His most heroic. He's not a good guy. <laughs> no, he's not. The Definitely not time, a good the guy. The only time he's a decent human being is the very beginning of his journey when he actually went and married somebody, had some kids and a family, and right? then abandoned them. Yeah, that that that's the thing. And once he did that, like that's the story. Mm -hmm. he right he abandoned them and once and then once he did that he just went down this dark road like dark. i mean you know i'm not saying i condone what medea did but uh i can't it. no no no. see i don't i see i don't think medea is a, a good one a good one either i i didn't of, say i condone what she did but you know no but i also kind of feel like like honestly honestly see i have a lot more empathy for medusa medusa was damned if she did damned if she didn't that was yeah. that's just the reality there, right? Either Poseidon was gonna curse her, or um, oh man, I am not fully awake, so I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Artemis. It was Artemis it was either Artemis was gonna mess with her, or Poseidon was gonna mess with her. She kind of was caught between a rock. And I, a I mean, place. almost any interactions with the Greek gods generally does not end well for people. No, it, it doesn't. But in like basically, Poseidon goes sleep with me because you're beautiful and. But is he's what she's gonna do say no to the god of the sea i mean i mean even historically if some guy if somebody's the king i'm the king sleep with me you're sleeping with the king like that 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 that, that, that yeah was it the first right or the king's right or yeah. yeah yeah exactly like that that's just the way it is i mean i mean hell i mean that was that was solomon in the bible's big date move mm -hmm. i'm the king and you're like yeah he kind of got it from his dad but i mean still um <laughs> i uh yeah. I, I wrote a play based on psyche the psyche aerosmith mm -hmm. because that's like the one greek myth of a god falling in love with a human that actually ends happily <laughs> yes and it's the woman who goes on the quest so i was really ex i i let that's one of my favorite myths and I, I, my favorite one in Greek. In Greek is, mythology, to be my favorite. My favorite one is still Hercules. Hercules is Hercules because he's an interesting. He feels like a man, mm -hmm. like the whole way through. Either you like him or hate him. At the end, he feels the most human of all the Greek heroes. Right. So, how do you like the uh, Disney version? Meh. Yeah. I, it yeah, wasn't. Fair. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. But it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, um, like, I, I actually did enjoy uh, uh, Woods' take on Ares. That was mm -hmm. Like, that was fun. That part was enjoy really enjoyable. I mean, I like Hades. That's what I, don't, like, I don't think he's a, as 
I, I don't care so much about accuracy, but he was just a fun character to watch. No, no, no. Hades was silly. Hades was a, that's who I'm thinking of. Again, I'm not all here today, folks. I I I, I did a writers conference. I mean, I, I recovered enough. I, I recovered enough to actually do this. I made sure of it. I did nothing <laughs> else today. Um, but otherwise, I would have been like Randy. I'm not all there. I'm still not all there. Yeah, I'm still. I'm never all there at, at the best. You just talk to Puck for an hour. Sometimes that's he right. says he's a pretty bird. Hey, that's nice. And then I feel the need to, you know, confirm it and be like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I want him to have very positive uh, self-esteem. So, 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 so basically, basically, he's the rock star and you're just living in his world. Basically, yeah. Okay. It's Puck's world. We just live in it. Oh, we all live in it. Okay. That, that's almost clippable. That's actually almost clippable. So, yeah. So, <laughs> we haven't really talked about it. It's so, a parakeet's world. <laughs> it's a parakeet's world or something like that. I don't know. Actually, I'll tell you about the week highlight of my conference this weekend. Oh yeah, oh, I miss so, writing conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, 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 here is my highlight. I did a panel, panel on the freelance mindset. I closed it by making everybody sing "Carry On, Wayward Son." Nice. So they'll open up their phone lighters. I wasn't that cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Next it was, time. Next time. Yeah, which will probably be at least two years down the pike. <laughs> is that conference every two years or no, is no, that i'm not gonna know it's every year it's every first oh, okay. week of, it's every normally it's every second week of august uh-huh. this, year with, this year was every first this year was the first okay. but i mean it's every second week usually um so i i i i'm gonna say something about the conference to everybody here so i had i came from that conference a lot of my career is a result of that conference it's why i went this year specifically to this last that group that was running it it was there last year they're transferring to a new group for next year but i'm gonna say this publicly on the air randy mccharles and company thank you for everything you've done for me honest i appreciate it so i'm gonna say that here right now um but um it no it's a really good group of people it's a fun it was a fun it's a meet. I would tell us a medium-sized conference. It's, it was designed to cap off a certain size, and it did a really good job of it. And yeah, I need to put it on my calendar for next year. It sounds great. You know, no, it, it's probably it's one of the most um, anybody that's been a guest there. Let's say this year we had Fonda Lee. Fonda Lee was there. We had uh, Nicole. I am terrible for names today, folks. I'm so sorry. Uh, right? We had Angela Ackerman, who was one of the guests of honor this year. You probably know who Angela is. And if you don't, you probably should. Right? Um, uh, but yeah, no, it, there's, there, there, was some, there was some really cool people there. It was kind of great. I was having fun this year. I was giving back. I, um, I didn't realize how far I'd come until I actually came back this year, that they, in a good way. Mm-hmm. I've been a freelancer. I'm actually I'm almost to the point. Most months I make four figures as a freelancer. Most nice. months, yeah, most months. And at times I've skirted living wage, like I've skirted it. Hey, that's yeah. that's like like the dream, right? Or, or for yeah, so many so, people, it's the dream. Well, it, it requires a certain mindset to do it because you you have to learn. You have to learn to be confident in yourself. Like ironically mm-hmm. enough, like that is the big secret to it. It's not your skill set; it's your confidence in. I mean, that is a skill set. I feel. It, it, like it building is. your confidence and and talking to people and. Talking to people is a skill. I think I think conf- confidence. 
I don't know if skills the right word. I think I think the right word for it is um trait. You gotta mm. develop the trait. It's not a skill. Because there's no because in, in But you can build your confidence. You no, can no, no no you no no and that's why I say no. it's a trait, not a skill. Because it does have a degree of practice to it, but there's mm -hmm. not a magical like path to becoming confident. Right. There's no like actual manual to do. Like, I feel like a skill, like if I'm learning a language, a skill like that, there are methods to it. There's a motivation, like, like confidence, what it really comes down to is you got to get to the point of putting yourself out there, going out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That is the real job. And that is your, your job as a freelancer is basically two things. You show up for the tasks you've agreed to do and do them, and you have the confidence to go pick up more. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the job, folks. It's that simple. It's that simple and that complicated. It's Well, so I just say this. Simple isn't easy. That's a good point. Yeah, simple isn't easy. Simple, simple is you have a clear vision and direction. That doesn't, but the work is in walking that, in that path. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah, I've kind of become a little bit of a, I might be a super villain by the time I'm 50. Completely. Okay. I mean, it's good to have goals. I might have an obnoxious red cape and I'm meaning to carry it. I'm kind of going for the spawn look because the spawn's cape is. Are you going to have like an evil cat that you maniacally pet and it purrs kind of maniacally? I don't, I don't know if I need an evil cat. I think there's a, I think the, I think the line before between full blown like like jumping the shark is talking to yourself in the third person. Doctor Doom can do it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Doctor Doom is the only character that can do it. Right. So you might need that cat then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might need the cat, or I might need a theme song. I don't know. That can get the get the audience to sing on cue, right? Or just like ominous music plays in whatever room you enter. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. I think that works. Ominous music and obnoxious cape, I think is good enough. Mm -hmm. I draw the line at the mustache. I, I think a cat is just- That's perfect. something to like twirl. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I draw the line there. Like I totally draw the line there. But that's that's me, That that's me and how I see things. Um, I mean, you, you do your own villain, you know? No one's gonna tell you how to try I, I, well, to do I world domination. Exactly. But I, I actually think like like there are traits about like honestly a villain that are good. It's what they use them for. That's what makes them villains. Like for example, villains have goals, mm -hmm. confidence. They have charisma. Usually, usually, right? right? They're usually, very yeah, motivated. Mean, they're motivated. They're ambitious, and they, and they are willing to. More often than not, they are actually willing to do the work. So and now I want a story about like a slacker villain who's just half-assing it. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, no, that, 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 yeah, absolutely. Like there are, like, you, you could totally do it. Like the slacker, it's like, I, mm -hmm. I don't want his whole, that's a con man. Most con men fall into that category. I don't want to do the work. Uh, or, or the minions, I guess. Well, yeah, it, so the, no, the slacker minion with the, with the evil maniacal boss, it basically, it's a story about like the revolution of, uh, of the worker, right? Evil maniacal dictator minion that doesn't just wants to basically have their drink and be left alone. Yeah. Leave me alone. No. Well, domination until finally the, the worker has had enough and then he revolts against the villain. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There you go. You have a story. We just came up with yeah, There you go. I'm there. I'm there. So, 
you write riot you said you write novels mm -hmm. do you do other stuff i do uh in addition to novels i'm a playwright so i co-wrote my first musical that went up at the hollywood fringe back in july mm -hmm. uh, not july june sorry still recovering summers are busy because i have the hollywood fringe festival in june and then I have Anime Expo and Comic-Con in July. And we also had an extension run uh, from our show in July as well. So like August rolls around and I'm barely standing. So, 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 so we're, we're both zombies. <laughs> kind of in the same boat. Yeah, yeah August yeah. is the time to recover. <laughs> well, kind of, I, I gotta hurry. I told you my really good news off the air. So I gotta I got get that, I have to get that ready. That's, that's gonna be my job tomorrow. Today is my recovery day, right? Well, Red Hook recovery days are good. Yeah, no, today's my recovery day. I, I because I woke up and was like, I I have a podcast I'm supposed to put out for like an audio podcast I'm supposed to put out today. It has been on the same screen for four hours. Because I, I just like, like there's a screen to like upload the podcast <laughs> onto my like platform. Okay. I have to I have to press a few I have to write the description for the episode. Oh, you have to do all the, the metadata stuff. Yeah, yeah, metadata stuff. Got it. It's been it's been four hours and I haven't done very much metadata, and it's just like this podcast is about stuff. It's about me talking. I, I, stuff. I, lot, yeah. It's yeah. I, I, it, no, well, no, because it usually features guests. I'm trying to build a guest out, and it's a good guest. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just can't. I've been trying all day, and I I might have it when I get. We're yeah. Done sometimes here. you need to step away. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that sometimes you do. And that today is that day, right? I'm just, I'm stepping away. Like, mm -hmm. this was the only, like I said, this is the only thing I wanted to be for sure able to get through. Thank you. Because, because I said yes. And I, like I said, I try to keep my commitments. If I'm going to be in it's a stickler, same. Yeah, if I'm going to try to be a stickler about time with people, I have to be the example I want to be, right? So yeah, can't just be a do what I do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, because then what happens there is rightfully so they just want to eat me and, and, and I can't fault them for that because I'd want to beat me too, right? Um, I, I can't, I can't, um, I, I can't, hold on a second here. There he goes. I, but I can't, I can't, uh, are we on the air here? It oh, says, it still know. says live. Yeah, it's okay. It's weird. My my but my button is is is, is weird and wonderful and I, I, don't, I don't know I'm just also folks like I said I'm in a weird space but yeah we're gonna keep the time <laughs> that's okay we can be in a weird space together that's right we are separately we get, together in yes, weird spaces that's right but uh, folks I met Brandy actually at San Diego Comic Con right I yep. was a pleasant I must have been a pleasant enough fellow fellow because you had to you agreed to actually come up here and deal with me so I did you, yeah. you were delightful yes. So, plays. So, what's yes. your love? The is your love more the theater or is it love more literature? You have to. I'm not asking I, you to choose mm. them because they because they're extensions. But I yeah. guess you started in one before you got into the other. Well, because I I started as an actor. Um, when okay. I was a kid, I loved acting. I auditioned for UCLA, and my undergrad is in theater. Um, I found being an actor did not pay the bills for me, so I kind of. Went back to school. I got my MBA. I do entertainment marketing, but I still, uh, I still have a strong passion for the theater, and I'd actually try to make it out to the theater a lot. And initially, the idea of writing a full play never crossed my mind until one of the theater companies I was with 
was doing like a short play night. Okay. So like, couldn't write a whole, the idea of writing a whole play was insane, but you know, I was like, yeah, I could write like a five minute scene. Um, and that, yeah. And then just being able to see it come to life and see the actors like embody it really inspired me. Um, and from there I started writing more plays. I have a play uh, based on Oscar Wilde at the end of his life that went up at the Hollywood Fringe several years back. Um, thank you. It started, it started as a 10 minute scene and the director really loved it. And we discussed, you know, expanding it to an hour long show, which is a great time for the Hollywood Fringe. So I did that and that kind of inspired me to keep writing plays. Uh, I wrote a Je- the Gem and the Holograms parody musical is what I wrote that went up in June called Truly Outrageous. And this has been eight years in the making on and off because I don't know music. And obviously a Gem and the Holograms musical needs music. So it took a long time to find the right, uh, the right songwriter. I finally connected um, with our songwriter and then COVID hit. And so this year it was finally the right time. And it was my first play I've ever produced as well, which is a heck of a lot of work. And yeah. I, I also I, did all I, the props. I, 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 something told me, see, inside, in, so when you said, when you're talking about that whole getting a scene and watching it, the moment you said that, in my head, I heard the word director in my nope. head. No. I actually love, I love the collaborating with other creative, talented people. So I haven't directed anything I've written because I want to get someone else's insight as well. Like the director for Truly Outrageous was phenomenal at like playing up all these moments, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like he really got out this great romance. There's like this awkward romance I have between Kimber and Stormer. Um, And so it was really great, you know, having a bunch of creative, talented people all coming together to make this project. Oh, absolutely. I actually think, so I think this is where theater and film have something in common. Like, this is the biggest thing they have in common. It's an ensemble. No matter how Mm -hmm. you look at it, that makes it all work. Exactly. Right. And, yeah, and as far, and when it comes to novel writing, I find the the initial process is a lot more solitary. Mm -hmm. uh, Because... Uh, it's it's me and my computer and then you know the collaboration elements do come later if I start working with an editor um, or when I worked with the publishing team for CamCat books for this one with like you know oh discussing the cover art and discussing you know different marketing opportunities so I do like I do like working with an editor I like my favorite kind of editors are ones who inspire changes to make the novel better as opposed to stating what has to how things have to change i'm I'm somewhere in the middle i think i i I need i need someone to point out when my shit stinks like right like right 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 and i'm okay if that's a little blunt because it's Mm -hmm. right i don't again I think the best editors don't do realize a couple things, and that's one you got to be happy. I as I t- talk to that individual, like you, mm-hmm. the, the thing a, an author has to understand, especially when you're dealing with a publisher, is um, publishers do it a, the way they do it more often than not for a reason, either for the audience they're serving 
or they're, they know the kind of book they want, and they're paying for it. I mean, that's the other, that's the other thing as well. They're paying for it. So you, as, right. a, profession, as a professional, right, you as a professional, um, you have to, you kind of have to play into that a little bit. But where I think, where I want my editors to be cool is, okay, can we say it my way? Right? Can we say it my way? I yeah, I... I, I think my favorite experiences are ones where they've, yeah. you know, they've pointed out issues that they see. And a lot of times it kind of inspires me to make a stronger story, mm -hmm. but also with the flexibility to know, you know, they'll work with me when something is, when I think something's critical to the story, like uh, yeah. in Goldspun, it's a, it's a Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Okay where the Miller's daughter is a con artist because I wanted to give her more agency. I felt in the original, she's so like, you know, just kind of the king makes her do something. Her dad says she can. I, so I wanted to give her more agency. So if she's getting in trouble, it's her fault because uh, she's the one telling people she can spin straw into gold. And the Rumpelstiltskin character is this mysterious fairy that has this sort of blood magic and plot, plot, plot. Basically, he needs uh, he needs blood to, you know, do his magic. So there's this scene, you know, where she's in the tower and, you know, having to make all this gold. And at first, my editor's like, I don't know, this is a bit intense. What if it was like tears or something? And for me, that was that was one point where I had to say, no, it's very important to me that it is intense and it is a bit dark because there, there needs to be a weight. There needs to be a real price to pay. And I'm building up this um, prejudice of the fear of the other. So it needs to be, you know, here's, here's the start of the tales that, you know, then get exaggerated. And, you know, uh, here's, you know, part of the reason people fear the Fae in my book is because they're the other and, you know, kind of dealing with that. And I, so I'm like, yeah, no, it needs the, it needs the, the, it needs this darkness here for a reason, not just to be, you know, graphic and gory. Yeah, there, there are, there are. I, I think the best, like, I think the thing is, I, I compare why, like, why in particular to horror. And I realize is it's basically to put put it out. They're using the same piano. They're just doing it differently, right? YA needs a lot of light with just. A mm -hmm. little bit of darkness, but really pronounced where it need where it is to make it really pop. Horror is the opposite; it needs a lot of darkness, but just enough mm -hmm. light that you can. And then see. I've seen horror YA, and then well, horror. I mean, the grim. I mean, our original yeah. fairy tales are the grim fairy tales, right? They're they're they're, they're YA horror. Like, oh yeah. So I not mean, just YA; they're kid. They're what they told kids. Yeah, no, exactly. And those stories it, are dark. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, but that's that. That's the that's the thing. Like, like the world can be a dark place. So that that mm -hmm. was why the stories were as dark. Like, yeah, the world can yep. be a dark place, and we want to make sure you know how to, to kind of yeah, and from. don't run off into the woods and yeah, don't stray from the path. Yeah, or will or or you might not make it, and back then you might not have made it, and it's yeah. it, it, that's just that's just the way it is, right? Now, human beings being human beings, we all did stupid things as kids and, and, and 
Hard and hopefully you won't get eaten by a wolf by do, from doing it. Uh, ho hopefully. 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 I mean, I mean, I could spontaneously combust tomorrow. I could get abducted by aliens tomorrow. I could, like, you know. Yep. There's a, the, the world is a strange place, even under normal circumstances. Just try not mm -hmm. to be, right? So. I yeah, guess my, um, my nephew's, uh, gosh, he was probably five or six when the book came out and wanted to read the original Rumpelstiltskin. And his mom, I my best friend like had to explain like how Rumpelstiltskin dies in the book is in you know the original grim fairy tale is he basically gets so mad he splits himself in half and you know try to explain this to a kid that no that that's well these stories are dark <laughs> yes yeah, like, like how yeah. is that possible and he was like well it's, it's not really that possible <laughs> it's like or well, actually you know at that point it's like we don't know either this is how the yeah. story goes right Mm -hmm. but, I mean, but it is what it is, right? I mean, that was, those were the things, like, so I've always felt like YA and horror have a natural, um, like, they don't, they're almost like peanut butter and jelly. They do actually work very well together, right? They're different, but they're yep. not that different. And I realized that's like, oh, okay. Well, I think with all, you know, all stories, you need a certain element of, of light to break up to break up the darkness, but at the same time, you also need those those darker elements to, you know, kind of keep keep the tension in the story. Yeah. We don't well, tend to write stories about people who are happy all the time. Well, actually, that's, well, seeing as that's so hard, okay, there's a market for that. That's why Hallmark, that's why Hallmark exists as a movie. Well, even the Hallmark one, you know, they, they have their problems they have to overcome, otherwise sure. there'd be no, no movie. <laughs> Well, well I, that's just it, right? There, sometimes, sometimes with when you deal with, but I mean, it, it. There are people that want less tension in their stories. There's nothing wrong with that, but for the most part, for the most part, I want, I want my, I want my shit to be dark and devastating when it went. Like I, I, I want my hero, heroine. So for me, it's either it's re a really, really daunting task, or it's incredibly silly. There's really nothing. See, I just want, I, I just want really morally great characters. Those are my favorites. I want a morally great villain. I want a morally great hero. Uh, well, well, thing is, I, I, I think I, I want a, I want a complex character. I don't assume, I, I'm not going to say morally gray or immorally gray because I actually, it's really interesting if you can make a villain that's actually moral. It's mm -hmm. actually, it can be done and it's a lot of fun. Well, I mean, the, the morality, sh you know, I mean, the morality kind of is the character's point of view. Mm -hmm. No villain, villains generally don't think that they are immoral. They're 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 moral according to their morals, which well, generally I, are I, different than ours. <laughs> well, well, I I just think I um I here's this is this is what I think. This is just my opinion. Okay, I think the best, the absolute best characters, villains in particular are right about something about well you want something you can empathize with it doesn't no, mean no, you no. agree with their whole <laughs> no, their no whole you, don't, you don't want to agree with the whole no you don't want to agree with their whole approach uh, yeah but you want but the thing is i like it when the villain is actually right at least a little bit because at that point mm -hmm. it forces a reevaluation for everybody Right, because of that, yeah. right, right, because, because, um, because 
villains believe they're right. Of right? course. Yeah. So I mean, it, it makes for compelling. It's more compelling storytelling. Yeah. It's like the, the, the like, I honestly was never really into like the horror movies where the, the villain is just an evil serial killer just killing just because. Like for me, I always want more more backstory. I want more reasoning. You you want to you want a human being. I, I do. I don't. Again, I so. What do you say? Okay, then I gotta ask this. This is this. Is, I'm gonna pick a vil, very particular villain here. Sure. What do you think? What do you think about the Joker? The Joker. Um. So I will say I am not up to date. I uh, on just, just all versions. Yeah, but just in just in concept. You don't have to be up to update with all the versions. Or, um... Okay, so what I like about the the Joker is, in the same way that I kind of like, um, I love the fact that in almost all mythologies you have that trickster character, mm-hmm. and I love the way that the trickster character um, really ranges the gambit from um, like harmless pranks all the way through. Like if you look at Loki in you know mm-hmm. um in that mythology you know all the way over to like the Ragnarok and the end of the world um so I don't know if that applies just as much to the Joker but I love the um I love the way that they can have like levels of of destruction okay so the reason I, I was gonna tell you why I brought the Joker up okay the yeah Joker, so the Joker isn't is not a morally great character he is a very immoral character by design but he what makes him interesting is and like he's not really by what i would by most people's standards i would define as a human being he's more mm-hmm. like a natural disaster he's a storm that comes in and causes wreaks havoc now again it's more of human versus nature almost you know absolutely not that, that like that's the thing right I look at so the reason I'm bringing this I'm bringing this now back to some of the horror monsters, right? I think the important thing there this is this is what all I've ever cared about with the horror monsters. I don't necessarily need to know where they come from because you don't know where the Joker comes from either, right? What's important for them is you know what they want. They yeah. have to. I mean, want- I I think that's the key of good storytelling is all characters you know, be it the hero, be it the villain, be it the side characters, especially sometimes the side characters, everyone has their own motivation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think some stories, like some particular story, like some characters need certain parts of that more than others. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you develop your protagonist and your antagonist, I feel you usually almost always develop them more than, you know, some of the smaller side characters. But I think with good writing, all the characters should be developed. We see oh. it to various levels. Yeah, they gotta feel like they're human beings. Like yeah. that's the end, at the end of the day, right? I am. Um, the they have to feel like they like if the show was over, would they be real? Mm-hmm. Would they be real? Um, I'm writing my 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 current work in progress. I've worked on that very hard. Uh, I made I made my monstrous villain a, a Backstreet Boys fan. I love that. I love it. I actually have a karaoke brawl in the in there. That's fantastic. I just uh, I just recently rewatched um, Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. Movie. I went to come out like the '90s or something, and it was all about like big music trying to brainwash people through the like pop 
groups that they were creating and it, it was just hilarious and like the the over-the-top ad placement specifically to satire ad placement was just delightfully uh, fun it was it was oddly a little bit fortune telling too a little bit at least for the like the late nine the late 90s had that had a little bit of that i mean i don't i don't even think it was i think maybe partly fortune telling but i feel even more so as they were seeing it and satirizing it oh yeah no if, if you if you yeah. can turn into show the world how absurd it really is Oh yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Th the way that they had just the ads everywhere was, you know, just so over the top. It definitely got into satire quite quickly, and it was a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So you like books? You do plays? Yes. I'm not going to ask you to choose. I will say uh, here, I, I won't necessarily choose, but I I do see that. I I see myself as you know right now more of my career is directed towards novels but i love i love the playwriting i do i just i don't know the path as much to playwriting other than self-producing stuff which is expensive and exhausting but delightful to see the final result but like when with novels i kind of know at least the process yeah i'm still figuring out the like play process no i i got it like i i think for like I think much like any other form of um, art, mm -hmm. in terms of like, we're just, I'm strictly talking the financial end here, it's the audience, right? That's what mm -hmm. I think it ultimately comes down to. That I think is what opens your doors. Yeah, I ran my first Kickstarter. Um, like I've supported other Kickstarters I was a part of, but this was the first time I, I really ran my own Kickstarter for the show and yeah, learned learned a lot in that process. <laughs> Well, yeah, Kickstarter. Definitely things I would have done differently. Well, yeah, it was your first campaign, right? Like, like mm -hmm. I, I, I have, I have basically, basically, two. Like, I have like a twelve rules to success concept, right? But ultimately, what they're designed to do is this: that when the moment comes, you do the best you absolutely can with what you know at the time. And if you did that, and yeah. you did as good, then you did as good as you could. And really, that that's all there is to it. Next time, you'll do it better. Mm -hmm. Right. How many birds do you have? Just the two? Or? I have two. I have two. So Puck is the 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 green yellow one, and he's like my buddy, and he's the most social. And then the blue one's Ariel, says so I named them after Shakespearean fairies. And nice. she is she's not nearly as friendly and and much sassier. So occasionally she'll stop by, but then she'll like do her own thing. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So like Puck will hang out, and occasionally she'll get jealous and want to come over but then she'll freak out and go back to her my, my, we have like a, i have like a five foot cage okay for them they they they're very spoiled they have their they have their living room cage which is their uh their weekend retreat because i'm not in my office during the weekend so they come out to the living room and they take over. They have a whole table yes. with like bird baths and playgrounds right over there they're they're very spoiled little birds <laughs> uh, how old are they uh i think about Almost two. Oh wow! So you're gonna yeah. dip, they're gonna get spoiled for a long time to come. Yeah, I got I got them as babies. Yeah, baby oh, birds. Baby so, birds. Been working with Puck to teach him to spin and to like do like touch training. So so Puck, huh? So Puck, my favorite Puck is actually from Gargoyles. The yeah. the cartoon? Yeah. Oh, I I I watched some of it. 
uh, but it's been many years, so I don't, I don't. Who is Puck and Gargoyles? Puck. They actually used Shakespearean Puck, but he's also Brent Spiner. Oh, he's voice cool. Brent, he's voice, he's voice, but the Star Trek Next Generation cool. cast is all over that show. Nice. Jonathan Frakes is the villain. Marina Sirtis also has a villainous character in there. Michael Dorn shows up occasionally. Wow. No, no, like this is a Star Trek, like you may not yeah. realize it. It's a Star Trek show secretly wow. or not so secretly, depending on your Subtly. Name. So there's it's a hidden gem. Well, yeah, yeah. If you if you know the next generation cast, a lot of the, like four of them went there on a regular basis, mm-hmm. right? Brent Spiner uh was the rarest one of them. Like because Puck showed up as Puck only like a few times. Mm-hmm. He actually was in the show all along, but again, I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't seen it, I, I haven't. I mean, you check this out. Yeah. So, here, so fair warning. This is my fair warning. Stop at the Goliath Chronicles. Stop. Okay. Just, 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 just stop. Just, much, <laughs> just much like there was only one Highlander movie, and that's what I'm going to go by. There is no, there is no gargoyles after the Goliath Chronicles start. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. If you go past it, I'm going to be like, told you so. I warned you. And then you'll come (laughs) to me, it's like, there is no show. You're right. And little tears. But, but, but Marina Sturtis is a regular villain. Jonathan Frakes is the villain of the show for the first two seasons. Nice. And, and Michael Dorn. And Puck is there. And Puck is there. And Puck is, is Brent Spiner. And it's like. Nice. So yeah, and then uh, Michael Dorn actually plays a character on there as well. Although Michael Dorn is the oh. rarest of the four. When did this? When when was this? Nineties. Ninety-four. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Little known fact. Um, yeah. Yeah. So outside of that, I'm finally catching up on my San Diego stuff. Now I've done two my both my conferences, and I've I've had Jessica on the show. Jessica was nice. Awesome. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I've just gone to show she was she was great. Uh, yeah, I mean that's how I got into the the graphic novels. Um, mm-hmm. Is through the th- the two Cthulhu anthologies I'm a part of. So yeah, so you gonna do more comics? Or you, you gonna I hope so. I um, I have the issue that I don't draw well. So um, yeah. So okay, so I'll, I'll tell you what I'm doing. This is kind of like like okay for the last three years I started drawing on the show. And I was terrified of sucking, and then I had this wonderful epiphany of, so what do I if I suck? Okay, I've been drawing with some really good people, like people like Bill, like people in the industry, people. Wow. In animation. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah you, you, again, you go back through my long myriad of like once I hit the Twitch era. Uh huh. The, the Twitch era, you you'll see me drawing with illustrators like Bill Maz and and Mog Park and Elsa Garza. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and remember, I suck they don't care and that's an important thing to remember about this is it's not about how good necessarily the art is it's about can you tell a story with it right that's the first thing second thing is so i have a graphic so i'm doing a retelling of fahrenheit 451 oh okay cool i'm doing i'm doing it from the point of view of an illustration point of view instead of reading it's pictures oh like you start burning photos and no, 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 oh, no, no, I, I, I did it. The core elements I kept in the story was my favorite thing in Fahrenheit 451 is the first 20 pages when Clarice asked Montag, are you happy? 
and it's about the exploration. It's about the exploration of um, the human spirit. If you really sit there and think about what Bradbury was talking about, it's the human spirit being rediscovered through art. Great empathy, right? Mm -hmm. He uses books because he loved. I mean, Bradbury loved books. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. I'm using, but I'm using. But I'm using illustrations. Mm -hmm. Learning how for the reasons for reasons in the story, he's learning how to draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't have to draw well to do that. Yeah. Well, what I, I found too, though, is that with, at least with the, with the graphic novel anthologies, um, I, I was fortunate to partner up with someone, with an amazing artist. Sure. <laughs> so I, because I was the writer and I basically, I wrote the script and then I basically did like stick figure drawings of like yeah. what I imagined it looking and then she made it look great. <laughs> yeah. So I was like roughly kid here, pond here monster here yeah oh yeah no no i mean it i mean especially for some new comic book it's a good idea to to, to do that but it's, it's much like your plays much like much like much like novels it's all storytelling at the end of the day and mm -hmm. and it's like i said i i again i'm i'm again i'm one of those guys that goes out on the land like i said i don't yeah i i have i i actually did write a graphic novel script that um I'm currently looking, you know, there are a couple things in the works for it. Nothing, Good. nothing official yet, but um, I'm definitely someone who likes to try things that, especially like creative endeavors, there's a lot of times where I want to try it to see if I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, you know, maybe this is spoil. This is a spoiler. Like some of your plays, adapting them into comics and other mediums is awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Actually, the Psyche Arrows play, yeah. I think, actually could be a really fun one because it's a, it, it's like a modern but also fantasy rom com take on it with like Aphrodite being the you know mother in law from hell. Aphrodite being the mother in law from uh, she's a good she's a good choice. She is a decent choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, she so much is in that myth too. It's you know. Well, Aphrodite for the mo well, she's either the mother-in-law of Tell, or, mm -hmm. or she's just a bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of one in the same in this in this story in oh, this it, version it, of the telling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, like it's usually one or the other, and you're like, God damn, why, why are yeah. you like this? Right? You don't have to be like this, right? But that's Aphrodite. Aphrodite was always that way. Yep. Um, my favorite stuff in in Greek was um, I love story of Orpheus is a fun story, right? Right. Yeah, like I've that. seen some really interesting retellings. Um, have you seen Hades Town? No, I have not. It's gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous new music, new-ish musical that uh, I got a chance to see last year in the um, like it's so atmospheric. Yeah. Like listening to the music is nice, but like seeing the whole thing come together is is just pretty incredible. That's a, that sounds really fun. That sounds mm -hmm. really really fun. So like I said, yeah, I can see. Like I said, I I I think personally, um, with any idea you have, it's about taking it and seeing where it plays well best, mm -hmm. right? But also, it could play well in more than one places. Like my business slash publishing philosophy is, can I get people to play? It's a good I'm philosophy. Yeah, yeah, because that's what it's all about. I, I, I mentioned like the carry on way or something. I, so when we're to collide where I talked about, 
Mm -hmm. I would do a panel called the Dr. Seuss off. So I'd have authors. I like that. I like that. I have authors reading Dr. Seuss. You have not lived until you've seen Fox and Socks read in a Valley Girl voice. Or, or an operatic rendition. I can see that. In a hat. Right? Give people I can see that. Yeah. So give people a chance to play and they will play with you. I did um, one of our, when I was part of a theater troupe, one of our, uh, one night we did like um, slam poetry where everyone takes lyrics to a song and reads it like a, you know, like a slam poet. Okay. Uh, you know, so we all dressed in black with our, our you know, most tortured souls. And um, I think I read, uh, I think the one I picked was Baby Got Back. Baby Got Back? That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know what I would do? YMCA. What? Huh? YMCA. YMCA. I like that. Because that, yeah. that, that, yeah, exactly. We're going to the YMCA. YMCA. See? Yes. There you go. Yeah, 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 I actually do a, I do a creative um, a workshop that I've, I've given a few times a, that I did actually at Comic-Con last, not this year, but last year about inspiring creativity through fairy tale mashups and, yeah. um, or through fairy tale retellings, and I give everyone a couple different exercises, and they create their own fairy tales. And it's great to like just see the way that everyone has this creativity. And if you're not thinking about it too hard, it's a real easy way to just kind of spawn something new. Yeah, I mean that's what I did with Alice. I don't know Alice is yeah. technically a fairy tale, but that's what I did. Uh, it's it's close, and I I would count for this exercise. I would I would say it counts. M most people would say it counts. Like who doesn't yeah. want to say, wait, Alice is retelling? I'm in. I'm yes. in. Right. So. Yep. That's that's actually what I'm I'm currently working on uh, querying right now. Is one. Good luck. The story set in Wonderland. The, good luck. I hope it. I hope. Thank it, you. I hope, it, I hope it, I hope it works out for you. Like so. Thank you. Right. Right. So. I mean, I'll be working on my next, my, my next, my next segment of that. My, I, mine's a, mine's a three and a half book series. Oh, oh. So what is the half? The first one, which was originally for the anthology. It got okay. rejected for the anthology, but I released it on Amazon Kindle and it got nominated for an Elgin Award for a chat book. And nice. Won. So, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. It, yeah, I, I, I did that as an independent. It kind of made me rethink like all of publishing a little bit in a very different way. Right. I, right. I, so this is going to sound like, and, and, then, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds very weird, but the way I, I learned, I learned actually through doing Alice, the right application to ego in this business. It sounds weird to say it like that. It does. How, how no, let, let me, let me what, what do you mean? Yeah. So I don't want, I don't care about prestige. I know that sounds like, and it's easy for me to say after all I've done, what I've done, right? It's easy for me to say that, but, but that I realized that it, I really shouldn't be interested in prestige. What I should be interested in is getting as many people I know to read it as possible. And or people you don't know to read it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, 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 exactly. And as many people as many people to read it as I possibly can. 
And where I have the ego is to demand the best, not only for the books, but for myself. Mm-hmm. Anybody that does those things, right? That's important. Ego is good at, at going after what you think you're worth. And I think ego is very healthy in that environment. You need a little bit of that edge. Now, once mm-hmm. it's done, once you have it, then you can put your ego away in a little bit. Right. Of then you want to just get it out there to people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So it, that I realize, I realize that it, like, I think maybe the, maybe it might be the biggest trap I think artists fall into going for the wrong kind of prestige is nice. I'm not going to say it, it's a terrible thing to have. Pre- I, I can't, right. I can't honestly say that, mm-hmm. but I also think that shouldn't be the goal. Right. I think the goal should yeah. be getting the story out there, getting the story out there to the audience that wants it the most. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is the real, nothing else really matters. Right. Right. I don't need to hit a bestseller list. I don't need to win an award for it. I don't need to be nominated for an award. Like I don't like those are nice. That's a cool side yeah. benefit. But yeah, I want to tell the best story I can. I hear you. I want to read it, and I want to be somewhat paid well to do it. That's the goal. (laughs) And that, that, that's where we're gonna again. It's applying your ego in the right spots. Yeah. Does that make Does that make sense? That does make sense. That the the description makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I. I needed the follow up, and now that I have the follow up, wait. It's like wait a minute. What do you mean by that? It's like wait. No, that actually makes. Totally perfect mm-hmm. sense. But getting nominated for that award, that's what that taught me. I realized like I'm happy, but I want more people to read. Yes. Yeah. I th- I think I've I've always wanted, you know, whether I'm writing novels or plays or graphic novels or acting, it's for me the real love of it comes to being a storyteller. Yeah. And, Want someone wanna... to tell the stories too. Yeah, here, yeah. here are my stories. Enjoy them, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm gonna ask this. Okay, you, you got the anthology. Are you? Is the anthology you got your book? Is it on Kickstarter right now, or did it just? No, they they were on Kickstarter. Um, okay. They no longer are. I do think I have links to them on my website. Okay, um, cool. Um, okay, so then, so you got how many books out right now? So I have the two novels, uh, Goldspun and Curse Undone. It's a duology, so it's the Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Okay. Uh, and then I have the two graphic novels, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, Parts 2 and Parts yes. 3. Yes, um, R- R- Russell's, Russell's uh, yes. anthology. Yes, so basically was... all of my work is up on my my website. Yeah, he gave me the nicest compliment, actually. Just tells, like he says, you have the best podcast name I've ever seen. <laughs> Right, just, just, just yeah. Right. I Russell's great. I loved I loved working with him. He's such a he's a very cool no, guy. Uh, professionally, professionally, he, may, mm-hmm. he might be the most put together person I've ever seen. Like, it's just like incredible, like legitimately. I feel bad because the day, like my Sunday, like when I was filming the show, doing the show stuff, I lost my Sunday. Like all because uh, I I screwed up with my camera. Like that was me. Oh no, I hate. I hate it when that happens. No, 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 but. That's why that was the other reason I went. Like San Diego was such a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. Learning, but I still feel terrible because one of the two interviews I lost was Russell's. 
Oh. It killed, it killed me. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Right? Oh, but that's. Oh. Cause I went because I was going to put it up like literally the week I came back because he had a Kickstarter going and I wanted to do my part. And he was so gracious enough to, to actually do an interview with me. And I went to go put it up. And I'm like, um, where, 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 where I go? Okay, got all this. That's great. Oh, no. Yeah, no. But that, 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 you know, I, so I lost him. And I lost uh, one of the, a comic book guy from the, the CEO, Alex, um, I want to say Rodriguez, but I could be wrong because I'm very tired. And I'm very, of what, what comic company? Uh, uh, committed Comics. Okay. Oh. That, that's, I don't know. Like, Alex, so in, in one sense, they're both, they're polar opposites too. Russell's so intense. Like if it, he's so passionate about what he does yes alex alex isn't like passionate about what he does but he's got kind of like that that level like he's let like he's so chill about it mm-hmm. right so uh, when i was there like he had to sign it was it's okay to make eye contact he's doing like a little shimmy when he went by his aisle so the first time i saw him it was like you got to do a dance because you're already doing like a halfway shimmy it's like you're already right there, it, it, right it's a small there. step right right he acknowledged the smallest. Like I don't know if I can do it, so I would sneak up. I would sneak up on him every day, mm-hmm. and I would actually try to perform a dance move. Nice. Sometimes I did can can one day. It's not behind the da 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 da. da. Yeah. And then then then, I, then the second day I, he caught me. He mm-hmm. broke down laughing. <laughs> and the third, then the third day I slipped behind him, come out, and I do like the Russian dance, like da 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 da. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. He looked at me just like just broke. I broke him, but like such a good dude, and I. Like both of those interviews, I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking shitting me. I want, right? Are you able to reschedule? Maybe. I I, I would love to do Russell. Russell, okay, Russell on a, like Russell personally, he has his up days and his down days. So if he feels like it, he'll come back. If he doesn't, he won't. And I know that's about him. Mm -hmm. I've accepted it. Alex, I'm still trying to get the hold of. But, I made a good friend. Like honestly, with Alex, I made a really good friend. I, I, uh... and that's really the the key to that's, that's the, key. the that, business that is, actually... is make it's making friends. It's well, well, no, like like I I think see a lot of people think networking is a terrible thing. The secret to it, here's the secret: make Me friends. And you have literally talked for like literally over an hour. Yes. Right? Yep. And a little hour and a bit now, right? Hour and a bit. I haven't asked you for anything. I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't tried to exploit you for ill intentions or gains. I, I'm just. Yeah, we saved the it. exploiting to the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, totally. But here's the thing. Like, let's say when this podcast is over, I go to you. Hey, this was cool. I had this idea. What do you think? And I do it like that. There's no pressure on you. You can exactly. say no, or you can say that's fucking cool. I'll try it. And you'd be more inclined to because we've had this conversation. Yeah, it, it is. It's very much about you want to make friends. These are yeah. these are human. These are other humans too. Not just a. They're not just a bridge for you or a path. Yeah, that that's the, and that's the real secret, folks. You have to be genuine with how you reach people. If you're genuine about that, then you can actually do the really cool stuff. Right, you try to do the, you try to do all that other stuff up front. Hide. I don't give a shit about you as a human being. Yeah. You, people, people want to help friends. They don't want to feel used. That's exactly it. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, yeah. you know what happens? You get, you hear people not interested in you. They give you the bird. 
right? And then, <laughs> the bird. Yes, that bird. <laughs> that bird right there. It's his He's world. sassy. Yes, it's his world. So you got two books out right now. Yep, got, two books out. Your, your querying. Okay, the last question, then we'll wrap this up. Sure. No, 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 no because we, 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 I'm not going to go back into the publishing rights thing because we, we also really <laughs> want to talk about it on the air, I can tell. But you've been traditionally published. Yes. You've done a little dabbling in Kickstarter. I consider Kickstarter and indie to be slightly different, personally, right? Because I think they're just different audiences, per se, right? Uh, right? There's some mm -hmm. crossover, but I think the audience um, expectations are different with both. So, yeah, I feel like the Kickstarter audience likes to have more. Um, you get to be kind of like a like an insider. It's it's a, like an early adapter. It's yeah, exactly. You know, they want to know. You know, exactly. I, I want to provide the updates and and make it feel more personalized. Absolutely. Um, whereas indie, you it, and there's not again. There's no as we said earlier. There's really no wrong approach to this. They're more. They more like you're self-directed right not so much you're doing it yourself that's that's the biggest misnomer about indie publishing right but that's your self-directed with where you're going with it so my question is which you because it's not that much different than writing a play at least in terms of concept are you going to dabble with indie publishing at some point okay so i think we need to specify terms because these two books were traditionally published with an independent publisher. They weren't one of the big five. So are you saying well, an see, indie I, publisher? So, are you referring to like self-publishing? Self-publishing. Um, I'm not looking to do that right now. Um, I did I did actually try a couple uh, novellas that I self-published under a pseudonym. Um, and I kind of found that even that I, I personally preferred having the extra support of a publisher. Um, yeah. Just because there's, I only have so many hours in a day right now. And so having, having someone else who's also going to be invested in this project, um, even though I'm also doing a lot of the support, I'm still doing a lot, I do a lot of marketing, even when it's, traditionally published, I'm still putting myself out there a lot, but I like, I like having their support as well. So I think I figured out something about you. We'll see if I'm right about this. Okay. All right. You like the idea of working in a team creatively, I think more, maybe even more than most because of your theater background, you like the idea of being in a, some kind of ensemble. Somehow. So, well, Sort of. I like, okay, this, uh, this may sound, um, I don't know how this will sound. I like creating a story and then having an ensemble help me bring it to life. Like, yeah, okay. I, no, 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 I want to be the one writing the story, whether it's a novel or a play, but then I do like other no, creative sure. minds and other, not just creative, but other um, logistical minds and other people helping bring it to life. You like having your work interpreted. You enjoy that a lot. I, I you know, I think that kind of, yes. Like yeah. I do love that for theater. Yeah. I, I know with, with the novels, it's, it's more. It's a little different because novels are a little 
different. Yeah. So I have more, not, I guess I have more creative control of the story in a novel. Yeah, but it's not completely out of the realm either, right? Yeah, like, but I'm still I'm working saying. with editors and, yeah, you know. And you're working with people that you, okay, I think I, okay, I think I think I got the full, the full detail here. You like working with other professional people to interpret your work. The thing about the end, and this is just, this is just me, just just maybe just more of a um, a risk assessment thing, also between between us. The thing about the rig risk with indie publishing is you find people that you don't know what you're doing. I somehow feel when you, you say don't... indie, are you ref you're referring to self publishing, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, oh, cool. I call it indie because it's very much. I just I think one of the other differences I don't consider if you're not in the big five, if you're a publishing house, I consider you a publishing house. I think mean, it's something that just yeah, I mean, I consider myself traditionally published. Yeah, exactly. my publisher was not part of the big five, but they are a publisher. They're a publisher. And they did, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't consider that necessarily indie. I don't get me wrong. Sure. Right, right. I don't. So that's that's. I think that's that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think just like clarifying yeah. terms, so we all know what we're talking. Right. We're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the same so, thing. Yeah. So so when I say indie, when I mean indie, it's mean what I mean by that is completely self-directed, right? Mm -hmm. The thing about taking that is you have to kind of find the right people, right? And that can be daunting because, okay, I might sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I can be an incompetent son of a bitch. You don't know me, right? You don't know me that long. We got, <laughs> we've had a good conversation for an hour, but that doesn't necessarily Yeah, we have an hour and a half. <laughs> hour and a half, right? Right, 90 minutes, but right? So, but I mean, we've had a good conversation, but it doesn't mean you're going to trust me with something you put together. But someone that has a bit of a track record and has a right. great in imagination mm -hmm. like that. You like that. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that is that fair? I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like creating the story and then collaborating on ways to bring it to life. Yes. And, and I think it is the most accurate that. way yeah. to say it. Yeah. And, but you, but you mm -hmm. want to trust the people that you're collaborating with. Yes. Cause these stories the are very, you know, yeah. As as anyone who's who's written a novel or, or written anything really, you know, you spend a lot of time with it. It's your it's your story, it's your baby. They're almost always very personal to me. So well, they they should you know. they are from you, right? So yeah. no, it makes it makes a lot of sense, right? I just like that like because again and folks if you're watching or listening to this, it it the thing about this is um you have to understand that some people, some, everybody wants something different from this industry, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, I would say there's no, you know, indie versus traditional publishing. One is not the correct answer for everything and everyone. Yeah, and, or, or hell, one might not be the only answer for it either. Oh yeah, I, I have issue. several, you know, wonderfully talented, creative uh, author friends who do both um they have some things that they self-publish and the other things that they traditionally publish exactly you know so all of what you say is that's what you want to get out of it and there's nothing wrong with it it's just mm -hmm. I, I i only basically have one one I, I this is what i do is i i listen to people i want to do if i hear a, i want to do this and i hear a but after it i try to eliminate that but just get to the i just <laughs> want to do it i just want yeah, I just want because again, mm -hmm. once you have that, you have the clarity to do what you're gonna do, right? So, no, I I understand where you're coming from. So, huh? It's gonna be interesting to see. Without going into great details, because we talked about this off the air, and we want to talk about designing where publishing is gonna be in a few years, and the places yeah. it will be as a result. Um, that all said, 
I think we have an interview here. What do you think? I think so. I think so. What do you think, uh, Puck? Right, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, this was Puck's <laughs> world, and we are all in it. And you, yeah, it's Puck's world, and we just live in it. Yeah, we just live in it. You should promote something, though. Like, so you got to promote something here. Like, in okay. Your, yeah. So uh, I have this, uh, the Goldspun Duology um, is out now pretty much where you buy books. If you go to brandyjune.com, it has all my books, uh, all of my appearances. I, um, I did a book signing at Comic-Con, so any of the appearances I have will be on my site as well. Um, I have a great newsletter I put out once a week, and it always has uh, fun stuff like giveaways and uh, crafts. I'm big into a craft section at the end. <laughs> <laughs> if I so if I so I'm gonna ask and then I'm gonna ask one last question then so if I didn't mind you take the show on the road and run into you again want to do this in person sometime definitely hundred percent all right plus I want to go to your you know your writing conferences so maybe we'll meet yeah, up there yeah, sometime we'll, 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 we'll finish talking off dear we'll talk exactly we'll some <laughs> um, but for folks that will do it for this episode of just joshing I will be back tomorrow with David Wellens coming back. Um, and we're just going to talk about his newest release, and uh, that'll be that. And then Thursday, I think it's Thursday, I have another guest coming on the show. Yeah, it's Thursday. I can't remember who it is right now because I am exhausted, and that's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, it's the post when words collide. So It's uh, just Puck's I'll, world. It's Puck's world, and we all live in it. So for, for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you guys next time. Coming to YouTube is the show Healing Hands. Healing Hands is hosted and presented by Chenille Bostic. In this series, Chenille will be teaching us about massage therapy and techniques and demonstrate those skills she has acquired to the audience. Click on the YouTube link in the description below to be the first to find episodes of Healing Hands. Healing Hands launches September 12th. Josh. Josh.